Um, so in 2021, the UAE changed the laws on egg freezing. Um, prior to 2021, if you're a single female, you couldn't freeze your eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain cases with married couples, with health reasons that it could be done. But if you're a single woman, it wasn't possible. Right. Now it is possible to freeze your eggs. Um, and it could be because of health reasons. Um, you know, if you're in the case where you need chemotherapy, chemotherapy has a a detrimental impact on fertility so right. it's recommended that you have your eggs frozen beforehand um, but also for social reasons you have that opportunity as well all right we are back this is tell me why i'm maria botros and you know that we love to address any of the topics that have to do with well-being, health, uh, women's health specifically. And today I'm joined by Hazel Leonard, who is a fertility educator and a midwife. And she's going to be talking to us about fertility, about egg freezing. We're going to discuss everything that has to do with like the, the process of conceiving a child, yes. I guess, <laughs> yeah. if that's fair to say. Definitely. First of all, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good. It's lovely having you in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. We've been speaking a lot the past few days about the topic and about what it is to be a fertility educator. And I think that's the number one question I had when I first spoke to you. And I think um, I want you to explain that to our audience. Like, what does it mean? Like, what do you do as a fertility educator? And how did you get into it? No, it's a really good question. Um, because it's not a role that everybody's kind of heard of. Right. Um, so firstly, I'm a midwife. So I trained in the UK as a midwife. I've worked in women's health for 14 years now. Um, and then in 2015, um, after we were married, we decided to start trying for a baby. Um, and that didn't go as smoothly as we would have liked. Okay. Um, and that basically led to five years of fertility treatments, infertility, you mm. know, exploring this kind of road mm-hmm. um, and then I did additional training in fertility awareness fertility education because one of the biggest things I realized is as a midwife I support people throughout their pregnancy and there's a lot of education involved so there's a lot of talking you know you've got prenatal classes you've got right. the newborn side you've got the breastfeeding support when I was going through my IVF journey or our IVF journey there was nothing it, there was even one doctor said, I said, have you got any information about what we were talking about? And he mm. said, no, people don't read it. So I had to use oh, Google wow. and I'm already a healthcare mm. professional. And I'm already in this kind of field and I really didn't know much about it. So my role is to support people through the process. Right. Um, and it's supporting people from when they're trying to conceive, learning more about our bodies. We really aren't taught very much about female reproduction, how it works, when you ovulate, how to know if you're ovulating, what's normal, red flags, um, right up until when should you see a doctor, when should you be concerned, what questions can you ask, and then going into fertility treatment. Do you need it right now? Is it something you want to do? Mm. And then the process of that, because it's quite a long process and there's lots of factors involved in fertility treatment. So I'm there as a support person, basically, to help guide, educate, and empowerment is a big thing that I feel 
passionate yes. about. So yes, yes I think I that's do. lovely because um, you you mentioned this, and it's funny because we all Google symptoms or mm-hmm. whatever it is that we're going through, and I think it's safe to say that you cannot depend on the internet alone. No. And obviously, there are so many conflicting opinions yeah. and 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 uh, research. Uh, yeah. You know that you you don't know what to trust and you don't know exactly. what to follow. Yeah. And I think that's why your role is crucial. Um, can you tell us a bit more about your experience with uh, fertility? Like when did you notice that you had red flags? Like yeah. w- what were the red flags that you looked out for? No, that's a, a really good question. So um, we were kind of trying for like six, I think it was about six or eight months. Right. Um, and then we went to see a doctor and we had some investigations done and everything came back as clear. Mm-hmm. And then we looked at um, doing IUI, which is a milder form of fertility treatment. You kind of go along with your natural cycle. Okay. Um, but the success, success rates of that are quite low. Okay. Um, and then after about a year, we did our first round of IVF. Um, and that didn't result in very good quality embryos. I think we had one at the time. No reason why. We couldn't understand it. Fast forward another couple of years, we did another cycle. Same thing happened. We had enough eggs you know everything seemed fine um and then it wasn't until we we had the first cycle in the uae the second one in the uk and then we looked at the uae again spoke to an amazing doctor here he's he's fantastic and um excuse me and he actually sat down looked through all my tests and looked at my husband and said right what about you because he'd been ignored throughout this whole process and when it came down to it that was where the the problem lied. So mm-hmm. there wasn't many red flags, and that was difficult. Unexplained infertility is a diagnosis, right. and one I find very frustrating because often it's not unexplained. It's just you haven't looked deeply enough. Right. Um, and then when we found that complication, uh, we addressed it. We fixed it as much as we could and the last round of IVF resulted in three good quality embryos mm-hmm. um, and the first one is our three-year-old and the second one is amazing. our six-month-old oh, <laughs> so amazing it was you know it all worked out okay well, in the end congratulations I just want to say that <laughs> and um, to be honest what you just mentioned is like the core of most mm-hmm. of like the I don't want to say it's it's a misdiagnosis yeah but it's in a way it is, people tend to ignore the male mm-hmm. factor and yes. focus on the woman yes. when really it's a shared responsibility. Yeah. And, and it, studies have proven more and more that exactly. it's, it, I don't want to say 50-50, I don't know the numbers exactly. But it almost but is. Yeah, almost when you're looking is, at yeah. um, fertility complications, subfertility and infertility, yeah. 40% is on women, well, 40% is on men, yeah. and then you have 20% that's a combination of the two. Right. Right. And that, I see that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I think, do you feel like more and more people are aware of that and they are addressing both now or is it slowly? Still okay. Slowly. Okay. Um, one of the biggest things that we've, we've seen that's hit the headlines is that sperm counts have dropped by 50% since 1970. Wow. That's huge. That's a huge number. Um, and that has kind of you know, raising eyebrows and people are starting to look. But like you say, fertility, when you talk about it, it's still very much a, a woman's issue. Right. You know, it's, right. <laughs> and you hear that, who's, you know, who's the problem with or she can't get pregnant or the language is very mm. female focused. So right. we really need to concentrate on both parties All because right. it takes two people to make a baby. 
That's lovely. I love that you mentioned that, that it's always directed at the woman. And I feel like that's that's very true. But um, why do you think that there is a lot of um, fertility issues? I remember we had Luciano on the show and he was saying we use the word infertility loosely. And I feel like it it shouldn't. It's like the last stage. Of course. So we should always say fertility issues. And that's why I'm using it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah. So why do you think that there's a rise? Is it like a mix of environmental factors or is Mm -hmm. it our habits or lifestyle? Yeah, I think it's it's multifaceted as well. So we're looking at age, um, you know, if we look at our generation versus our grandparents, for example, right. the the norm was you get married 18, 19, 20, you have your first baby, um, you are cooking everything from scratch in the home, there's right. n- drinking, smoking, lifestyle factors are less. So you didn't used to see as many fertility issues because mm-hmm. people were younger, they ate differently, they lived their lives differently. We're waiting now until we're older. We are especially women, we're a lot more independent. We choose when we want to have a family rather than when it's expected of us. Um, But unfortunately with that, as we get older, our egg quality does decline. Same with men. Mm -hmm. Men, after 35, women's women's egg quality can start to go down. After 45, men's sperm quality goes down. Right. So age plays a factor. Like I say, lifestyle, drinking, smoking, what we're eating, exposure to toxins and chemicals. There's a lot of research coming out about this now, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, it's hard to get away from, but we can do things to help that. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of changes in, in our lives now that are impacting our fertility. Okay. And what are some of the solutions? I mean, what can people do to slow down the infertility or the fertility issues or to avoid them as yeah. much as possible. So I'm a big, big believer in um, fertility preparation. Right. So when we're looking at generating new sperm, generating um, mature eggs, it takes about 72 days. So anything you do today is going to impact the egg you release in three months time. Oh, okay. You can make positive changes to how you're eating, Smoking, we know, is a huge causes a lot of oxidative damage and stress to mm. fertility. So, stopping smoking, um, reducing alcohol, changing how you eat, cooking from scratch rather than ordering takeaways, um, exposure to toxins and chemicals. You can do small things like don't heat your lunch up in plastic containers because although it might be BPA free, it's been swapped with another chemical and that seeps into our food. Right. Um, use uh, phthalate free products like makeups, perfumes, all those kind of kind of things. Um, there is, a, you know, a limit to what we can do. I know people that have it's caused so much stress and anxiety removing all these things that right. it's almost not worth the, the you know the stress the or stress the hassle. Of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another big area as well is early better healthcare because mm. again especially for women recently um, there, w- there was something recently that there was five times more funding into erectile dysfunction that impacts 19% of men one nine versus premenstrual syndrome that impacts 90% of women wow five times more funding into research that's shocking it's terrible if you look at things like endometriosis, PCOS, they yes. impact one in 10 women, yet it takes seven to 10 years to receive a diagnosis. Those things impact fertility massively. So 
better healthcare, better research, better funding, earlier diagnosis are going to help treatments, are going to help the women that are suffering from these conditions, it's going to help with their ovulation, um, obviously endometriosis impacts the uterine environment. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to improve those things as well to help improve fertility. Yes, unbelievable. Like these statistics are, are yeah. mind-blowing. I just, I, I can't believe that till this day this yeah. seems to be the case. I mean, I you would think that things have changed or, yeah. you know, um, medicine has advanced enough for us to pay enough attention. But mm-hmm. um, again, as you said, it's very male-focused. And I remember uh, we also had um, Sophie Smith from Napta Health. Yes. And she was saying that a lot of the research and the medical mm-hmm. trials are also, uh, I mean, most of them are conducted on men. Yes. Only 19% of these medical trials involve yeah. women. And that's a big part of it. It's I mean, huge, if yeah. you're not... If we're not getting data on women, then how yeah. are we supposed to treat them or diagnose anything exactly. or, or any of the diseases? Yeah, And there's that social element of women are expected to deal with pain. It's yes. normal. You know, it's normal. Yeah. You've got really heavy periods. Yes. Oh, that's normal. Yeah. You know, they're crippling. You can't leave the house. Oh, that's fine. No, that's you fine. Know. <laughs> it's not, you know, and, and these, as women, we need to push and advocate for ourselves and yes. feel empowered and know our bodies and know what's right and know what's not, yes. which is Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So we spoke about the solutions in terms of, uh, you know, lifestyle and habits and and what we should do to prepare for the fertility journey. And now what are the solutions for those who may have fertility issues? Like what what are the steps? Is it just IVF right off the bat? Or is there like, are are there other things that people can do? Yeah, I mean, they definitely can. Um, Like I always say that IVF is often offered out like candy and it's you don't have to take it um some people want to some people are like I don't want to wait I just want to get this done um and are quite happy to go through the process Mm -hmm. but the the questions that I would ask have you had detailed investigations for both you and your partner um you know do you know what the problem is? There are some problems like if you've got um, blocked uh, fallopian tubes, for example, if you've had your fallopian tubes removed for whatever reason, right. you're going to have to have IVF. It's not going to be possible to receive, to achieve a spontaneous conception um, unless you have you know, that process. But is the issue treatable? Is it a hormonal imbalance? Mm-hmm. Do you need medication to help with ovulation? Um, for your partner, they... Um, there's something called a varicocele that's in the testicles that can impact sperm quality. Does that need treatment? Does that need removing? Um, is it a, a case that you both have very poor lifestyle and you need to focus on on that element? Right. So you don't need to dive straight in. I know that some people, especially if you're over the age of 35, might feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do this now. But you still have time. You know, waiting an extra six months, three months is not going to make much difference to your fertility Um, so yeah it doesn't have to be the first step it really should be the last step and Mm -hmm. make sure you've explored all the other areas first okay and it's it's funny that you mentioned age because that was one of the questions that I had in mind do you believe in that quote-unquote biological clock I do and I don't Um, I think there's a 
bit of scaremongering that happens. Um, and I think, especially with women, we're told that after the age of 35, you need to hurry up, you need to mm-hmm. preserve your fertility, you know. But the day you turn 36, your fertility doesn't dive off a cliff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you can, there's many, there's millions of women out there that, that still achieve spontaneous pregnancies and they're 38, 39, 40. Um, If we're looking at statistics and you're 30 years old, you have a 20% chance of conceiving each month Mm -hmm. versus a 40-year-old has a 5% chance of conceiving each month. So you do have a lesser chance, but it's not impossible. So we do... um, you know, recommend with egg freezing, you are better off freezing your eggs at 35 rather than 40, but it doesn't mean that you can never achieve a pregnancy once you get past the age of 35. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that adds to the stress of yeah. conceiving and, and it's sort of, it, it, it it contradicts the whole idea. I yes. mean, if you're stressing about conceiving, then you're going to have a difficult time conceiving because of the stress levels, because of the increased cortisol levels in your body. And you're just you're racing your biological yeah. clock. But at the same time, you're adding more stress to your body. And the stressing is an interesting point as well, yeah. because we hear this a lot. And it's and it's like a red rag to a bull for most people that are trying to conceive. Yes. When you're told to just relax. Oh, my God. Like, if you just relax, it will happen. No, no. not always. <laughs> it won't always. I was told to just relax so many times. Right. I could have done all the relaxing in the world. It wouldn't have made any difference it have made because difference. it wasn't stress. And I think if we're talking about chronic stress mm-hmm. versus day-to-day stress, right. then there's a difference. But general stress that we have, you know, people still get pregnant. They have very stressful jobs. They oh, still of course. conceive. Yeah. Um, but the stress thing is always a, a, a bit of a... It's a touchy tricky. subject yeah. <laughs> when you're in that space because, yeah. you know, you, you like say, you might have blocked tubes. It doesn't matter how stressed you are. Yeah. It has nothing to it do with your stress. I could it. be meditating every single day yes. and it still won't make a difference. Exactly. You're absolutely right. I agree. <laughs> I, I think there's nothing that is like a, a definite, you know, indicator when it comes no. to stress. And a lot of people fall back on it because it's yeah. just the easy one. Like it's it a an easy scapegoat. One. You know, yeah. like, and it's a difficult one as well because we know that chronic stress yes. has very negative outcomes. Absolutely. You know, people with chronic stress are more likely to have heart attacks or have raised cholesterol, have yes. health complications. So we know that it plays a part um, and actually if you th- th- let's say you were to have a car accident heaven forbid um, but that the stress of that can actually stop you from ovulating right because your body goes nope no 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 now's not the right time right it's not a good environment right. but it would just stop you ovulating maybe that week or you know in the next week or two weeks when mm-hmm. your stress your cortisol comes down right you'll start ovulating again but you might have like a delay period that yes. month because you ovulated later because right. of a very stressful event exactly and it's just a one-off it's not like it's going to yeah. continue for the rest of the year exactly. kind of thing yes of course so you mentioned egg freezing that is the buzzword right now. And I think um, a lot of people are talking about it as well because laws have changed recently mm-hmm. in the UAE. Yeah. So I want you to help educate us, me cool. and the audience, <laughs> uh, about the laws. Yeah. Um, what have changed? Like what what's the change that people need to know about? Yeah. And how can you go about doing it? 
So, no, great question. Um, so in 2021, the UAE changed the laws on egg freezing. Um, prior to 2021, if you're a single female, you couldn't freeze your eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain cases with married couples, with health reasons that it could be done. But if you're a single woman, it wasn't possible. Right. Now it is possible to freeze your eggs. Um, and it could be because of health reasons. Um, you know, if you're in the case where you need chemotherapy, chemotherapy has... A, a detrimental impact on fertility so right. it's recommended that you have your eggs frozen beforehand um, but also for social reasons you have that opportunity as well right the thing that you should be aware of if you're considering doing um, egg freezing in the UAE is that you can only at this moment in time use it for use them for yourself so you wouldn't be able to donate them to a family member or use them for surrogacy right um and you can only um, you can't go down the route of sperm donors or anything like that. Right. So of course you they are for yourself once you meet a partner um, and you're ready to do so in the future. Right. Um, have your own children. 